Before uh, you're seated in the house tonight, I just want to remind those who have popped in that this is the secret place and Bishop Gary Oliver and my lovely wife, Dr. Noemi. Yes, good evening. Welcome to everyone that's watching. And uh, we just ask that wherever you're watching us from, just share the location. We'd love to give you guys a shout out and um, just ask that you share the message. Anything, anytime that God is speaking profoundly, we know that this year it's been some amazing things that are going to be happening. And so we just ask that you share that, share the love with everyone else and what God is speaking in this moment. Amen. Amen. Well, let's give the Lord one more good hand praise in this house tonight. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Those of you who are watching online tonight, um, you may want to grab some notes. And, uh, man, we've got people. Georgetown, Delaware. Georgetown, Delaware. Come on. Hallelujah. What's up, Delaware? And uh, we just, we love. Ingrams, we love y'all. We just yeah. want to bless you and just say hello. Uh, Kamika, pray you're feeling better. Uh, Dawson, those that have been out, I know that there's, it's been an interesting season of people, just some coughs and flu and just every, everything yeah. in between. But we know that with God's covering that he can heal anything. So we just ask for protection for those that are going through something, anything that is trying to come over their body, that God, you just rebuke it and that God is already covering you and bringing healing into your body. For those that are out, uh, we just we're praying for you all because there's nothing like being in the house and just really receiving the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So we, man, can y'all believe we're in 2024 already? I mean, it is January the third, 2024. This is amazing to me. Um, we're just so thankful. There's Miss Emma Johnson is on. Hi, Emma and. Lisa Fisher from Denton, bless you, and Lavelle is on, thank you, man, just people from everywhere, too many names to read, but <laughs> let me get into this word tonight, because I want to talk to you about something as we move into 2024, I'm so grateful uh, for the word of the Lord that I feel like God is speaking to this house and that is building, building relationship, building our relationship with Holy Spirit, building our relationship with Jesus, with God the Father, understanding the relational issues that we sometimes uh, deal with, with understanding this triune one God. It's, a, it's an interesting way to look at God, but it is so powerful when you see him. Uh, it's kind of like looking at God in a glass of water that has ice in it and it's sweating on the outside and it's like droplets on the outside ice on the inside water on the inside which one of them is not h2o that's good but they manifest in three different ways forms that's right that's good and it's just uh, you can put a, a pot of water on the stove and heat it up, and there's a steam that comes up. And if you can collect the steam, you find out it's the same thing that's in the pot. That's right. <laughs> uh, that's 
good. It just I, there's so many ways to look at God and how he relates to us, but I want us to be aware that we are, we are, somebody say, I am. I am. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's right. That's good. Holy Spirit is represented in the earth by us. Right. Walking around, living every day, going to work, going to school, working at the storehouse, working at the church. Whatever we're doing, life, Holy Spirit goes everywhere we go. And he's represented by us and how we, our behaviors, the way we act, the, the way we uh, do things, the way we exhibit him, the way we put him on the front line. And um, so I just want to talk to us a little bit about the idea that Jesus stood on the, the last day of the great day of the feast, John 7 tells us, in the 37th verse, and he says that Jesus stood and cried out, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Now, here's what you got to understand about this particular feast that Jesus was at. Seven days, every day, there is a portion, there is something that happens every day, and it's a priest going to the pool and getting some clear water at Shalom and then bringing it back and pouring it out on the rock. And all the people rejoice because it is a representation of their journey through the wilderness when they had no water and God gave them water from the rock. So it is a celebration of what God did for us. But on the last day of the great feast, there is no water celebration for some reason. They didn't do it on the eighth day, but that's the day that Jesus stood and said, and, and the Bible says he cried out. I would have loved to have been in that moment just to hear him say, I wonder how it echoed through the whole site. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And then the scripture says something so powerful. It says, but this he said in reference to the spirit, whom though who those who believe in him were to receive. For the spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified, meaning he had not yet died, not back, gone back to his father. And so some of the people, therefore, when they heard these words, they cried out, man, this, this guy is truly a prophet. The sound of his voice made them know what he is saying is true. Right. He said, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink, and out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. It's, it's really powerful. Uh, you can look at this, and John does this a lot in his writings. He, he writes this in a way where you could say, uh, 
the one who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Is he talking about Jesus' innermost being? Or is he talking about my innermost being? I don't need water from myself. <laughs> I want the water from Jesus, the water that Jesus gives. So I kind of tend to align my thought with the idea that he was probably talking about if I believe in him, out of his innermost being flows rivers of living water, and I get to drink of that water. That's good. <laughs> and that water causes me to never thirst again. Y'all remember the story where the woman in Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, it's John 4, uh, you can read it, and he said, Jesus went to her and he said, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away to the city to buy some food. But the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, though you're a Jew, are asking me for a drink, though I'm a Samaritan woman? For the Jews do not associate with Samaritans. So everybody thought that racism was something that happened in America. But listen, it was going on a long time ago. So they were already dealing with with issues, with people, not believing that they were compatible because they were coming from different cultures or whatever. And Jesus replied to her, well, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. I just think, I think it's so interesting that he responds to her that way instead of just saying, you know what? How, would, how about getting some living water? Would you like some living water? Right. Just ask me, and I'll show you what living water is like. Instead, he goes all the way around the mountain. <laughs> you know, it's like, if you knew who I was, you would have asked of me. But he's setting her up. Right. He's setting her up to show her something. But she said, sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. So where do you get this living water? You're not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us this well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said to one, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never be thirsty, but the water that I give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to eternal life. So here's, here's the picture that I want you to grab hold of tonight. When you believe on Jesus, out of his innermost being flows rivers of living water that I get to drink. But when I drink it, it springs up into an eternal fountain. It's, it's life-giving water. Everybody say life-giving. My question for the church tonight is, do we come to church to get in the river or have we created a man-made pool? Good. Something that we get to splash around in and somehow think it's good because we've created, we got, we like the way we do the two fast songs and then one slow song. And then we like the way that we get to create our announcements and come up and do <laughs> announcements and talk to everybody and then we get to do our offerings, and then we have another song. And then the main event, the preacher gets to preach. And somehow, I feel like sometimes we're more about our pool 
if you will, then we are the living water, the river. Right. That's good. I think we have created something that sometimes we don't know how to break out of. The, the only thing that I can say about a river is if you're going to get in the water, you have to walk into the water. Right. Can't just dip your toes. Can't sit at the edge and splash. But if you're really going to get in the river, you got to wade out into the water. In other words, you've got to become vulnerable to the spirit. Correct. Be immersed in the water. Uh, you know, that's interesting that um, when people tiptoe, you know, even when we get the calls, we have become such a society that we want things so fast. We want an instant gratification. We want it now. And we don't want to waste time. You know, we everything through drive-through um, service. And when we get calls and they're asking about the church and how long is the service, the moment you say it's for between 10 to 12, oh. That's too long. It's too long. I, I thought it was like 30 minutes. And so, you know, it, it puts it as if you will get the word and immersed into his word by tiptoeing in a 30-second service. And I say 30 seconds, but th that's what you get back. That's what you get back. Why? Because we have become accustomed to getting instant gratification, getting a quick, what you call it, a quick fix. Right. And the, we know that the word is not that way. What is your commitment? When you come, do you come prepared? And so when you talk about tipping of the water, tipping of, uh, your, you know, tipping your toe in the water versus being immersed, instead of pulling into what the word is asking, what, how is the word, how is that resonating in me? When we come, we don't come, we shouldn't be coming as spectators. Well, let's see what they're going to do today. Right. We need to come in as participants with intention. Diving in. And, and diving in to be immersed. That's how you pull on the word. Yeah. And that's the reason why people, you know, have a hard time believing in miracles, believing in things happening, because they lack the belief. The belief starts with first before the conviction. Belief says it's happening now. Conviction happens after the fact. That's faith. Yeah. That's when you see it. And so you can't be receiving that when you're just tiptoeing into the water. Right. You've got to immerse yourself in the water, in the word. And you won't receive that that I know of in a 30-minute sermon. Yeah. It's, and, and it's whatever it may be, if, if, we're, if we're telling God, I'm going to be there between 10 and 10.30. And if you show up, that's great. And if you don't, we know how to have church. I said something one time to a pastor friend of mine who was not of the same persuasion that I am about church. And um, I said to him, when you go to church when you go when your church gathers together and the praise and worship starts and before you get up there to minister the word do you feel the presence of god and he went hmm 
And that scared me to death. Just that, hmm, like I got to think about that. And I said, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. You got to think about that? And he, he looked at me and he said, I don't know that I've ever felt the presence of God in one of our services. <laughs> I said, how do you have church without presence? Right. It's his presence that creates the life for me. It's the water that's flowing out of him that I need to drink. That's right. Because if I drink this water, guess what? I'm going to get thirsty again. But when I drink the water that he gives, it's, it's really crazy because you, you never thirst, meaning you never want to go to another source. That's right. You always want to come back to that source. Man, there's something about this source <laughs> right here. You know, this, this water right here, I don't know what this is. This could be tap water for all I know. But I'm sure they've put some bottled water in here. But it's if whatever it is, you know, if it's uh, whatever name brand it is, who cares? Because every bottle of water I drink out of, I have to come back and replenish that thirst again and again and again. And I do it every day on a daily basis. I drink at least two big 50 ounces of water containers a day. I do it every day right. because my body needs it. That's how I process my uh, food and digest and everything else. That's how I keep my body running is, is through that water. And, but yet in the spirit realm, there's not a lot of sources. Like I can't go to Jesus tonight and go to the club tomorrow night. And I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody or anything. Just understand that even if I do go in a place where they're playing live music, that's not my source. Right. I can listen to live music and not let it be my source. Oh, y'all don't hear me. But when it is my source, I can't sit back and just watch. I have to get in it. Somebody say, get in it. Get in it. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to get in the water. Yeah, you got to get in the water. You got to get in the water because it's in the water where the life is. Let me, let me read you a little passage here. And this is, this is really a powerful statement out of Jeremiah. God is speaking to Israel because Israel has rebelled and rebelled and rebelled. And so he's raised Jeremiah up as a prophet. And in the second chapter, about the 11th verse, he says, Has a nation changed gods? When they were not gods? Good. He said, do you even know a heathen nation that has changed gods? No, they all still got the same God. He said, but my people have exchanged their glory for that which is of no benefit. Wow. He said, be appalled at this, you heavens, and shudder. Be very desolate, declares the Lord. Watch this. For my people have committed two evils. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, to carve out for themselves cisterns 
that are broken cisterns that do not even hold water. He said there's two things that they have done that has really messed them up, and that is, number one, they have forsaken me. You know, the one thing that I will never, I don't ever want to be guilty of in this house, my love, is for us to ever forsake the living water. Amen. I don't want to ever come into this house and let this service be more about me or somebody or something or whatever than it is about Jesus. Right. If, if we don't glory in the cross of Christ Amen. and thank him for his resurrection and the power that he gave to us when he got up out of that grave and took all the powers back from death, hell, and the grave and came back with all authority in his hand. If we don't recognize that and celebrate that ever service, we need to be ashamed mm -hmm. and we need to check and see what our schedule really is. Right. Are we really going after him or have we forsaken? Are we have, have we changed God's? Right. I don't want to change God's. No. There is no God but our God. Amen. There is no God but Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> Galatians, that piece in, in Jeremiah kind of reminds me of Galatians. Where, remember this piece where Paul was talking to them and he said, uh, You old foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation, if it sounds a little different. He said, for the meaning of Christ's death was made clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. So let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? He said, why did, how, did, how could you start in the spirit and think somehow I can perfect this in the flesh? That I can do this better than God can. Right, right. You know, there is no better way to get what I need from God than to just dive into God. Amen. You know, if you really want to get an education in something, if you really want to get uh, your life involved in something, you just got to dive into it. Amen. Amen. Right. So Jesus, Jesus said, or John the Baptist, actually, he said, for, as for me, he said, I'm going to baptize you with the water of repentance, but he is coming after me is mightier than I. And I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. I don't know about y'all, but I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do I have anybody out there? I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I lost a whole half of my notes here, but I want to, <laughs> I want, want to talk about that just for two seconds. Because this word baptized, check this out, baptized. It is, it is from a derivative uh, that's baptio, uh, but it's, it's um, the, the word baptized literally means to wash or to dip repeatedly, to immerse, to submerge, uh, to cleanse by dipping or submerging, to wash, to make clean 
with water to wash oneself, to bathe, to overwhelm, to, uh, it goes on and on. Never to be confused with bapto, though, because baptism and bapto are two different words. The clearest example that shows the meaning of baptizo is a text from a Greek poet. And this Greek poet who lived about 200 B.C., he wrote a recipe for making pickles. And they say this is really, if you want to understand baptism, you got to really understand this, this re, the, the way this guy used the word. He said because he uses both words, baptio and baptis, uh, baptizo. He uses both words, and he says that the vegetable that you're going to make into a pickle, which is a cucumber, he said should first be dipped, bapto, into boiling water, but then baptized in the vinegar. In other words, what he's saying is just the, the first one, just to bathe, just to cleanse oneself, is a temporary change. But when you get baptized into something, it should create a permanent change. It should be something that totally affects the whole nature of the thing that got baptized. So getting baptized, and listen, baptized in water is powerful, and that is important, and we have to do that. That's a part of our journey. But more importantly is that we have to be baptized into him because when you talk about the word baptizo, the most part of it is used concerning the, the life of Christ and who Christ is in our lives, and that is that we get baptized in the water. We get dipped in that water. That's a, that's an, a, a temporary thing just for the moment, but then when I get baptized into Christ, that reveals a permanent change. That is something that changes the whole nature of me. It changes everything about me because... To get baptized in it, this water has got this glass has got water in it. But if I wanted to baptize this glass, I would literally keep pouring water till the water's running all over the outside of it and be all over this table because that's how you baptize. Is there's more than what it takes to fill it up. That's good. Y'all don't hear me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> more than what it takes to fill it up. And that's what real baptism in Christ is. He gives you more than what it takes just to fill you up. Right. Because baptism <clears throat> of the Holy Spirit, and i got to stop, the Holy Spirit in me is for me. But the Holy Spirit upon me is for everybody I meet. Amen. That's good. Holy Spirit in me is for me, but upon me, is for everybody else. I will say it one more time. In me is for me, because he shall be in you, the spirit of truth, and lead and guide you into all truth. But when the Holy Spirit is upon me, and they did great signs and wonders with the Holy Spirit upon them, because when the Holy Spirit is upon you, that's for the working of everything else that goes on in your life. I want to tell you, this year... We're going to receive a new and fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit Amen. in this house. Amen.
Again, this is Bishop Gary Oliver right here at The Secret Place and my lovely wife, Dr. Noemi. We love you. We ask you to come back and join us again. Take me to that scene.